Hey guys, welcome back to episode 10 of Business Shit. I am your host, Mimi G. And today's topic is gratitude. So I know that I promised you guys that I was going to do an episode on how to launch your idea and then how to manage and market those ideas. And I still plan to do that. But um, I recently went back home to Chicago to visit my aunt. And that whole experience just sort of, I don't know, made me feel some kind of way while I was there. And I just, it's been like heavy on me to want to share why I'm, you know, so grateful. Um, And, you know, I know that a lot of times it's really hard to feel grateful um, or to find joy in the situations that, you know, you sometimes find yourselves in. So I think that's why I'm doing this. This this episode is a little different than all the other episodes, but I think it's important. Um, And whenever I feel like I want to share something, um, it's it's for a reason. So, you know, many years ago, I posted a picture of a homeless man on my Instagram. And it was the first time that I had publicly shared that I had been homeless Um, I've been homeless uh, twice in Los Angeles, and once with my oldest daughter. And in that conversation, I think that a lot of people were surprised to know um, that I was a teen runaway, that I was, uh, had been a victim of sexual assault as a child, that um, I had been a survivor of domestic violence, um, teen mom, etc., and, you know, when I first started my blog, and this, this isn't a secret. I mean, you know, if you've been following me for any length of time, you know a lot of my story because I share it. Um, you know, you guys, if you follow me or know me well enough, you know that um, I've talked about being uh, in a relationship where I suffered from domestic violence and that I, you know, ran away from home when I was 15 and, and that I've been homeless in Los Angeles and I share all of that, and I shared it because when I first started my blog, when, you know, uh, Mimi G, actually before Mimi G Style, when I first started blogging, when I was, I think, on Blogspot, um, I had talked about my situation and how my blog became more than just a vehicle for me to show my DIY makes and to teach, right? It was something else that took on sort of a life of its own because for me, and I've talked about this in interviews before, you know, the blog seemed very superficial to some people. You know, I I was always talking about clothing or shoes or, you know, teaching people to make things. And um, but what I realized was that I was getting hundreds of emails from women all over the world who were saying, you know, you taught me to sew or I've been learning to sew or I've been following you and you're helping me get through my divorce, or you are, you know, I'm homeless, about to be homeless, or, you know, I'm in a a bad relationship, and somehow my blog and what I was doing was helping them. And I think that's when I realized that my blog was more about that. It was about inspiring and motivating, and I've talked to you guys about this, but it was also a sign for me when I, I realized that my hobby of sewing was really what has always um, saved me, right? So when people ask me why sewing is so important to you, it's because 
it has been how I have healed over the years, you know, and although I started to sew when I was 12 years old, you know, because of being homeless in different situations, I didn't actually start sewing again until um, just before I married my son's dad. And when I started sewing back again, I realized just how much it was helping me because I was a hot damn mess when I got married um, because, you know, I hadn't dealt with any of the things that had happened to me. And, you know, it was through those times whenever I felt like I was literally going to break. I'm not emotional because I'm affected. I'm emotional because I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for where I am today, despite everything that has happened. And when I went back home to Chicago, when I ran away from home, I didn't go back. I just refused to go back. Part of it was stupidity because I was a kid. And it was pride. And I refused to go back home with my tail between my legs. And so I stuck it out regardless of what I had to go through. And whenever I would go back, you know, years, years later, obviously I left home when I was 15. I'm about to be 42. Um, whenever I have, would have to go back to Chicago on business, I would specifically tell my mom not to let anybody know that I was coming. I didn't want, I didn't want anything to do with my family. And part of that was because I had recollections of being assaulted as a child by my uncle and my step-grandfather. And nothing in my family was ever done about it. Like, no, nobody ever did anything. I said something, but nobody ever did anything. And when I left home, a lot of my family members and I, we just sort of disconnected, right? I, I just didn't have anything to do with anybody except my mom. And so I felt like, I don't know, resentment towards them or I don't know what I felt. I just didn't want anything to do with them. And it really wasn't until my grandmother uh, passed away that I went back to Chicago and saw my family. And it had been, I guess, over 18 years since I had seen a lot of them. And I was there for a short time. And Norris and, uh, got to meet a lot of my family. And after the funeral, I went back home. And I opened up the lines of communication with some of my family, but not many. One of the people, one of the uh, family members who I've always sort of kept in contact with is my mom's sister, uh, second oldest, I think, is my Aunt Jolie. And she always made it a point to check on me. She would, you know, ask my mom about me. And so I've always felt really close to her. And when we were, when I was little, I remember, you know, uh, weekends with her and my cousins. And so we found out that my aunt had surgery, was having surgery. So my mom and I flew out to Chicago. This was last week. And uh, we wanted to be there while she had surgery and, um, you know, to make sure that she recovered and that we visited with her. And so I went back to Chicago with my mom. And that whole week was like, <laughs> it was like watching a movie in my head. Because the last time I had been to my old neighborhood was during my, my grandma's funeral. It was at nighttime. 
and it was such a short trip that I really didn't experience much. But this time, when we pulled up to my grandmother's house, where I used to also live, she lives in a two-flat, or lived in a two-flat, and we lived upstairs, and my grandparents lived downstairs. That house was where I had that experience with my step-grandfather, and the last recollection I have of being raped by my uncle. And when I pulled up to the house, I had so many things coming at me at one time. And it's funny because I've talked about this a lot and I've, you know, I've shared it with people who know me, friends and family, that there are huge gaps of my life as a kid that I just don't remember. There are people I don't remember, places, times, like whole chunks of things that I just don't remember. And being in Chicago this past, last week was like being flooded with so many memories that I had forgotten. And it got me to sort of remember things that, one, I didn't want to remember. Um, some that I did, I, I, not all of it was bad. I had um, a lot of fun, actually. And I got to sort of reconnect with um, some family members who you know, I, I remembered having great relationships with when I was a kid. And that was good, but you know, I learned a lot because there were a lot of stories being told and things that I hadn't remembered. And but then I started to remember other things that, um, not, not that I had forgotten, but that I remembered uh, more detail of. I remember the first recollection I have of being um, raped by my uncle was when I was six years old, six or seven years old, and. I didn't know that it was rape because I was a kid. And um, he he's, I think, maybe five years older than me. So to me, he was much older. But I mean, now it doesn't seem like that big a, an, uh, an age gap. But to me, it was like this really bad game that we would play sometimes that, um, that we played whether I wanted to or not, and that it hurt, and that it felt bad, and that he, that I knew I couldn't tell anybody. It was like a secret game. And that went on until I was, the last recollection I have was when I was 12. And then I remember not going to my grandparents' house and avoiding it at all costs. And you know, when I told about my um, step-grandfather, nobody did anything. And um, I got to have that conversation a bit uh, with my mom you know, about how come, how come nothing happened? You know, when I sit and I look at my family, I have a hard time understanding how come nothing happened because I can't imagine that happening. After I spent so much time there that week, you know, with around my family and stuff, I left feeling so grateful that I had ran away from home. I don't know that if I would have stayed um, that I would have had a bad life or that I would have ended up like a lot of families have, sort of in this day-to-day, -day, stuck in the same old neighborhood, not being able to get out of this circle that they're in, right? So I don't know if leaving home was, would have, you know, what my life would have been if I would, would not have left. But I do know that 
leaving gave me an opportunity to be around things that I probably would not have ever experienced. Not to say that when I got to California, I hadn't experienced a bunch of horrific shit because I did. Being um, homeless with your kid is awful. And you know, um, going through different relationships where you find yourself getting your ass beat and you don't know how to leave and you don't know how to get out. And when people say, well, why doesn't she just leave? It, it pisses me off because you don't leave because you don't, you don't know that it's not your fault. And a lot of times you don't know where, you're, where to go. Like, <laughs> you don't know what to do. And when I was homeless with my daughter, there are things about my life that I have shared openly um, and I have done so because I know that my story helps other people and people in my situation and women in my situation who might feel the way that I have felt or have gone to the same situations that I have gone through. And I feel it's so important for me to say, I've been through all this shit, but I am good now. And I am so grateful, even for the bad shit, because it made me who I am today. And there was an experience that I've actually never shared, and mostly because I was ashamed of it. But when I was, I, I'm guessing I was probably about 18 years old, I was homeless with chastity, and she was a baby, she was less than two years old, and I had been panhandling all day, and it was a really rough, rough day. I hadn't had anything to eat. Chastity hadn't had anything to eat. She was probably wearing the same diaper from a couple of days because we just didn't have anything. And it must have been a day where I wasn't getting a lot of help. And I asked this man for money, and he insinuated that if I did something more, he would give me money. And so I did. And for $35, I had sex with a complete stranger under a freeway overpass so that I would go home and have food that night. And I never talked about it because I was ashamed of it. I was ashamed that people would judge me for it. I was ashamed what people would think about me. And then I realized when I started sharing my story that I'm not ashamed of it, that I did whatever I had to do to survive every day. And I'm actually grateful that that one experience, as horrific as it was, didn't lead me down a path that I would not be able to come out of. And I sit here today and I look at my life and when I, when I was in Chicago and I was visiting with family and seeing the neighborhood that I grew up in and the people that I had known and to see them sort of still in these same places and I could close my eyes and think about my life here in LA and the people in my life and the people I'm surrounded with and the opportunities that God has given me and the amount of joy that I have from what I get to do every day and what I get to share every day. And I felt this immense sense of joy and gratitude. I felt like I had to share that because I know 
that these are things that we don't often talk about and we do them for different reasons. We're either ashamed or afraid or we want to not seem weak. And the thing is that I didn't, I didn't know when I started my blog that I was meant to do this. I thought I was just teaching people to sew. But my calling is more than that. My calling has been to share with people that no matter what your circumstances are and no matter where you've been and no matter what you're currently going through right now, your life can change so quickly and you have the power to make choices for your life that although it may seem impossible now, will pass. And I know that I am that person. I know that, you know, I could have, I could have stayed um, in the situations that I was in. I could have started prostituting after that awful experience. I could have started doing drugs. I could have never gotten out of that. But there was some purpose in my life that was meant for me to do something else. And in order for me to fulfill that purpose, I had to get out of it, and it wasn't always easy, and it's not always easy now because sitting here having to share parts of my life that most people don't um, publicly share is not easy, but I know that it helps somebody, and it will help somebody, and I just wanted to take today to talk about being grateful for the good times and also for the bad times, because I also learned a lot of valuable lessons that um, I hope to pass on, you know, not just to my own children, but to other people. And, you know, to just really take a moment to say how grateful I am that I am in this position that I am in, that I'm happy and that I'm healthy and that I am in a good relationship and that I have good friends, and that I am you know, financially secure, and I have built good business relationships, and I have thousands and thousands and thousands of friends, all of you, who support me, and, um, and I just wanna be able to give that back. So I know that <laughs> today's episode is actually not at all what I expected, because I didn't think that I was gonna cry, but a lot of times I think that we feel like if something, um, makes us cry, it's because we're still affected by it, and it's not always that. Sometimes it could just be that it's scary to talk about those things publicly, and in my case, it's a little bit of that, but it's also that I am so incredibly grateful that I am here today, and that I am able to share my story, and that I am hopefully able to help as many people as I possibly can to move forward and to, um, and to stand up for themselves and to be brave and to be courageous and to not let circumstances define their life. All right, guys, no questions for today. I'm gonna go blow my <laughs> nose, wipe my eyes, and go pick up a dear friend from the airport. Thank you so much for listening. I'm out.